Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the best bets edition of the Pump Fake Week 11, joined by Ben Heisler from KC Sports Network. I'm Jared Bailey, USA Today, SB Nation. As always, man, we got so many backup quarterbacks playing now, and it's it's becoming a real problem. <laughs> yeah, um, some might argue that the, the current play of the, the quarterback in Pittsburgh deserves to be warranted of the same backup quality. But alas, he is the starter and the Steelers are going up against uh, DTR on the road. And I'm sure that's a game that we'll talk about. But, but I, did you ever think, Jared, in your lifetime? Yeah. However, 20 something years young you are. I'll be 25 next You would month. see a game like with fairly reasonable weather conditions in the National Football League. Where the total is 32 and a half. 32 and a half. That's incredible. And here's the thing, man. I still think it hits the under. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not brave enough to take the over. Are you kidding? Oh no. So I took it You're when okay. it was 30. I took it when it was 34 and a half. Like as soon as they announced that Watson was shut down, I sprinted and bet Steelers money line and the under as yeah. a parlay. Um, so I got it at 34 and a half, but even then, man, like Steelers Browns in Cleveland, I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like for that game. What would you say that it was supposed to be? You said it was, I don't, I don't think it's supposed to be anything drastic. There might be maybe like 10 plus mile per hour winds, but nothing to the level of, you know, heavy snow, heavy wind, right. heavy rain as far. As- I can only imagine what it would be if it was adverse weather conditions. The over under would be like 11. Yeah. Like the the only games this week that you're you're gonna see some potential issues is in Buffalo um, for the the Jets and the Bills. Um, mm. That could be ten to fifteen mile per hour winds gusting up to twenty five. Temperatures in the thirties. Uh, Broncos game is gonna be all right. Wind could get up to fifteen, maybe twenty. Um, but again, you know, it's I, I, I'm not overly concerned. And then Kansas city and Philadelphia, you might have a little bit of rain and, um, and some possible wind there as well. I, again, like the wind is the, the big measurement tool for, for unders. And we're already at a historic under rate in the NFL yeah. to begin with, um, including on Monday night where Monday night football unders have gone, I think 11 in one so That's far crazy. this year. Um, and like are hitting it at like a 70% clip since the, the start of last year. So uh, all the more reason why Chiefs and Eagles is headed back towards the under once again. Um, I was talking about this with our mutual buddy, Matt Ritteram, uh going into last Hi. week because we were talking about um, this game, just you know, alluding to it and everything. And he pointed out something really smart where he said, you know what, both teams will like try to win, but if they don't, I don't think they're going to be too bothered by it because they're not going to like throw out the playbook to try to win a game in week 11 when they know very well they could see each other again. So it could just be a very vanilla offense and defense for for both sides where it's just, okay, this is going to be, you know, a 23-20 game. Maybe we'll see you in February. See, that's really interesting because every indication that I've gotten from the Philadelphia side is that 
it's much more than that. Yeah. Like there's the anecdote that, that Jalen Hurts has had the confetti as like his phone screensaver from the Super Bowl right. all throughout the entirety of the offseason. Um yeah, like it's easy, I think, to maybe walk down that narrative, but I mean it's it's also difficult, I think, as a competitor to say these guys took away our Super Bowl ring last year in a game in which we were right. favored. Like, of course we want to get them back. Um that's that's interesting though. Um, again, like I'm, I'm already leaning under in that game and I've, I've already made a, a pick on, on the game as well. I, I have a tied with a teaser with another game, which we can get to in a little bit, but, um, that's, that's a really interesting way to look at it that I, I hadn't considered yet. I didn't either. And I like when he brings stuff up like that, because it does make sense to like the game with the chiefs against Denver, like I'm sure that there was a lot of things that they could have done to overcome you know, the early deficit and come back, but they weren't going to put any of it on tape against Denver. You know, they were going to save a lot of that stuff for, okay, yeah, we'll save this for, well, now they don't really probably don't have to worry about Cincinnati. We'll save this all for Miami in the playoffs. We'll save it for whomever we run into to get to the Super Bowl. And, you know, if that means that we have to, you know, not that they're going to try to lose or anything like that, but just saying like, eh, you know, we'll, we'll let this one slide. So I thought it was an interesting way of, of looking at it. Do you, um, do you look at the, do you look at the chiefs? cakewalking again to the Super Bowl? Like if, if I basically said you could have um Chiefs or the field. Chiefs or the field. Who who would you take to to come out of the AFC? Well the only team that I trust to beat them is now a non-factor because I'm not trusting Jake Browning to beat Patrick Mahomes. Correct. Um yeah. Baltimore's been the talking point of this year, but what is what's Lamar's biggest win of his career? The Tennessee playoff game. Outside of that, like we haven't seen Baltimore do anything in the playoffs. They haven't made it to the AFC Championship game with with Lamar. That they've you know, made it to the divisional round and then came up short against Buffalo. If Buffalo gets in, maybe like because I still I still believe in Buffalo, especially more now where they don't have to where the, the path to the AFC wild card is getting easier. Where okay, you got to worry about Pittsburgh. And Houston now, and I think Buffalo is probably going to be that seventh seed. So, if there's a, a a world where they face Buffalo in like the divisional round, maybe, but even then, the the injuries on the defensive side are too much for them. I think Miami's probably the team that'll give them the most trouble. But I, I we saw how well they played the Dolphins already this season. So, if if given the choice, I would still take I'd still take the Chiefs. Yeah, I I think that's the right call. Baltimore doesn't scare me. To the point no. where, I mean, it, here's the thing. They're, they get off to strong starts, but when you can't finish a game and you're going up against Mahomes and Kelsey, that's yeah. a serious problem. Yeah. Like, and, that, and that's been an ongoing issue for Baltimore for a long time. You mentioned Cincinnati. Like that, of course, is the team that I would have been scared by. And again, yeah. they, that's a team with plenty of issues too. Uh, Miami, not so much. They don't beat good teams. Um, Jacksonville was interesting for a little bit, and then they got Molly Wap last week. Even then, though, like I think Jacksonville could be interesting. Like I think every team is allowed to have one, maybe two. Just okay, that was a shit the bed type game. Yeah. We'll forget about it and move on. I think that was that was Jacksonville's really one like awful game. Like even the game against the Chiefs early in the year, the offense didn't look good, but the defense held Kansas City to seventeen points. They were still yeah. in that game. There, there's um, some that game, but again, that was still week two of sure. the current roster construction. I, yep. I would, I would say this though. Like if you are giving me an opportunity, like if, if let's say Buffalo does get the final wild card spot, 
Mm-hmm. Like, let's say they they backdoor their way into the playoffs. Maybe you're starting to play a little bit better down the stretch of the season. They figure out all the shit that they have going on. I'd roll the dice with them. I, I think there'll be enormous value on the board with Buffalo if they get into the postseason. But yeah. that's that's the big if. It is a big if. Um, again, with the way that the AFC's like the landscape of that looks right now, like I don't think Cleveland's going to be much of a factor anymore. The Colts are at 500, and I like what Shane Steichen's doing with them. Like they're, I think they're scoring like the seventh most points in the NFL right now. I'd have to go back and look, but going into last week, that's what they were. Defensively, they're a little bit of a, a toss-up because they've allowed like the fourth most points in the league. Um, but I don't think that they're going to be – they're not going to be challenging for a Super Bowl. So the AFC just got a lot thinner, and it does stink because, you know, it, I would have enjoyed seeing Bengals-Chiefs again in the playoffs. I would have enjoyed to, to see what that would look like. But, you know, that opens the doors for, you know, teams like Buffalo and now the Chargers who um, – three-point favorites in Lambo, by the way, are the Los Angeles Chargers this week, which feels like – I feel like I go into the week – Every week where I look at the Chargers and I'm like, they should probably be favored by more than that. But we know how the Chargers are and they'll they'll find a way to keep that game close. Correct. My like I like I probably have said time and time again, if we're going to be discussing anything related to the Chargers, um, take them in the first half. <laughs> that's that's the time to, to play them. Uh, that's what they do. They always get off to a fast start. And then the numbers on Justin Herbert in the second half are monumentally awful for covering the spread, like bottom five all time since they started measuring this metric. Like I think, Good. I think Evan Abrams said he ranks like 245 out of 250. Jesus. All quarterbacks for, for covering the spread. Like, yeah, it's, it's a disaster. Um, So take the charges in the first half, jump on green Bay live with the points and uh, you can try and middle your way. It's not even in the middle. It's just like a two part bet. It's like chapter one and chapter two. Do you want to hear? So, uh, I have found a good combination of stats earlier, and I talked about it um, with Kevin Ostriker when we were talking about the AFC North. Um, so, let me find it just so I don't misquote anything. Okay. So, the Steelers rank 30th in place per drive, the Dolphins are 29th, but the Steelers are 29th in touchdowns per drive, and the Dolphins are first. So, that just shows how explosive Miami is they are 12 and a half point favorites against a Raiders team who have beaten the Jets and the Giants since Antonio Pierce took over as head coach they're back in the thick of the AFC wildcard race I don't see them winning this game however I don't think a cover is off the board just because not necessarily they have all the talent in the world but I think Max Crosby will be a factor as he has been in every game thus far and if the Raiders can establish any sort of run game and just try to own the clock, I think that that'll make for, okay, they can you know keep this within a 10, 10, 11 point game. I, I think the way that I'd probably bet this one is to take the Raiders in the first half um, to, to maybe keep it within a touchdown or so. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is, is this line has moved so much. Like it's just, it's just hard to trust a three and a half point movement. Like it's open at 10. It's now at 13 and a half. It just feels too large. And yet when it was at, you know, 10, 10 and a half, I love Miami. And I wish I would have wagered on it. Right. Um, but I think first half, like Miami coming off the bye, Raiders continuing to, to play fairly well. Maybe they generate a little bit of pressure. Maybe Tua gets knocked out of the game, um, you know, because they can generate their pass rush now, which they didn't have yeah. in the first two weeks of the season. 
Um, maybe this is an unfair comp, and it probably is, uh, because Antonio Pierce has actually spent time on a coaching staff. But I think the comp for me kind of reminds me of what happened with the Colts and Jeff Saturday, where you get like this initial bump where the team all of a sudden starts playing hard. They start feeling like it's a different type of energy. And, and then you realize the regression of the mean is inevitably coming right. and the Raiders aren't a good football team. And no matter how hard Pierce gets them to play, no matter how comfortable they feel, Miami should just run all over them. They should throw all over them and then force Aiden O'Connell into a bunch of turnovers and, and get a couple of picks in this game. Um, like to me, like that could be the deciding factor, you know, between like 13 and a half and like a you know, 19 and a half, right. like a, a pick, you know, a pick six at the end or a forced fumble off of a blitz when Miami can just sort of pin their ears back in the second half. So if it gets to 14, like I, I understand wanting to take Vegas, but it's just, it's a, such a bad spot for them. And even after two wins, this is what sports books are basically telling you, like, we have zero confidence in this Raiders team. Yeah. So at this number, it's probably a stay away from me. Again, I might consider the seven and a half for Las Vegas in the first half, but that, that would probably be it for me. Maybe a few props. I think I might get frisky with it and maybe just bet Miami minus 12 and a half, like straight up as like a separate thing. Or if I wanted to like tease it, like Miami plus six and a half as part of a parlay, I would probably throw that in there. Yeah, um, and listen, if you can find it at oh, you're right. I, I guess there there is one book that still has yeah, FanDuel still has it at twelve and a half. Um, that's that's noteworthy. Um, yeah. it's at minus one fifteen as opposed to minus one ten, but that's sure that's pretty good value. I I might hop on that once we're once we're done taping today. There you go. Um, the Houston Texans are as hot as any team in football. The Arizona Cardinals got Kyler Murray back and beat the Atlanta Falcons with him. Uh, the Texans are six-point favorites at home against Arizona. I like Houston. I like Houston a lot, and I, I, but I do think that there is going to be a come down. And I think going up against Kyler Murray, who you know looked pretty well in his first game back, um, the Cardinals. I think I think this could be one where they get minimum a cover, but this could be one of the upsets of the week where Houston kind of comes down from this high of beating Cincinnati and beating Tampa Bay on just two incredible drives by CJ Stroud to win a game late. I think this is where we kind of see them come down, not necessarily play bad, but you know, halt this, this winning streak. So you bring up a really interesting point about the Houston Texans right now, which is they look unbelievable and they've won some incredible games. And Stroud has put himself from 200 to one to 20 to one in the MVP conversation. Like it's nothing to sneeze at. Um, the line has moved substantially towards Houston. And I, and I figured that would be the case. I figured the public would be all over Houston, but it's not just them. It's, it's sharps bringing that line up too. last, last check from, from DraftKings and from VEASAN for their latest splits um, have 56% of the money on Houston at minus six, 57% of the bets. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've gotten a little bit more money coming in on Arizona at this point, but not a lot. Um, when it opened at four, uh, you had 85% of the money coming in on Houston. I did find, cause I, I remembered this stat from a handful, you know, maybe a year or so ago as it pertained to Kyler Murray. I'm trying to, to pull it up now because this is the type of spot historically that he has delivered mm-hmm. like exceptionally well for betters. So let I'm trying to find it right now, but essentially like the, the way in which this sets up is 
Kyler, here it is. So Kyler Murray against the spread for his career on the road, 17, eight and two against the spread. That's Jesus. covering at a 68% clip. As a road dog, Kyler Murray is 13, four and two wow. against the spread. That's a percentage of 76.5%. As a road underdog of three and a half points or more. And I, I threw this out on Twitter when I thought the line might actually move towards Arizona. Um, Kyler Murray is eight, two and two against the spread 80% covering as a road dog of three and a half or more. Wow. I can try and run the numbers quickly to see what it would look like for a dog of six points or more, but I would imagine it would continue to go in that direction. Like this has been historically a very, very good spot for Kyler Murray. And I think this is probably an ideal time to go ahead and, and move away from a team that's going to be incredibly popular with the public. In right. Houston. Yeah. Arizona got a win, but nobody was really paying attention. No. It was against this, Atlanta as well, where like, okay, great. You beat, uh, you beat Taylor Heineke who then went out and then Desmond Ritter. That's great. Yeah. Like it, it wouldn't surprise me if this line maybe stays at six and then everybody and their mother uses the the Texans as a teaser and mm -hmm. they just make them a, a straight up pick. Um, those are usually the games that kill you. And yeah. so I, I think I, I do lean Arizona. I haven't bet it yet. I'm still thinking the line might climb a little bit more. Um, but I, I do think Arizona, they might be live. Like it's a team that's been playing hard all year. They've been Absolutely. bad away from home. Uh, and Houston has been very good at home, but they, they might be overlooking this one a little bit. I, I think they're, I think they're live. The Cardinals are five and five against the number this year. Houston's five and four against the number. So both teams basically in the middle of the league when it comes to covering the spread. Um, yeah, and one of the I, few I think games it, that's also seen the total go up from where it opened too. Like we're now seeing anywhere between forty-seven and a half and forty-eight and a half, uh, and this opened at forty-six and a half too. Oh, I feel like this could be like low-key, like a fun shootout game, like um, like Arizona, you know, Kyler and Stroud going back and forth. If the Texans do win, I feel like it would be like a thirty-four, thirty-one type situation. Yeah, I think this could be a fun, a fun game where it's just back and forth, similar to what it was a few weeks ago with the Texans and Bucks. It could be. Be one of those. I think this is going to be one of the more fun games of the week. And yeah, um, like, you know, like this might be one of those games where you you do a like a ladder prop for you know a wide receiver. Like maybe Tank Dell pulling up his numbers this week. I was um, a week. I was a week early the last time I went crazy. You were a week early on, on your boy Tank Dell. So right now his his total is anywhere between fifty five and a half and fifty eight receiving yards. Um, maybe you go ahead and do you know sixty plus, yeah. eighty plus. Michael Wilson for, too, if like he's is Michael Wilson, Brown might be a, another guy to to roll the dice on a little bit. He's he's basically the same number as Dell. Um, so yeah, there there's some there's some sneaky goodness to this one that I like. Michael Wilson is set at 32 and a half receiving yards, and I feel like he will crush that. Yeah, you know what? He's still available at one book at 30 and a half. That's I, I, uh, I like what Michael Wilson has done this year. I think he's yeah, quietly been quite, a, quite okay as a rookie. <laughs> um, I mean, let's look at what else even really is there in terms of like high quality matchups. We talked about um, Kansas City and Philadelphia a little bit, you know, talking about the over under. It's 45 and a half on FanDuel. Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. It's one that I'm staying away from in terms of picking a winner and, and the spread. I'll do props on it. Um, I don't know. In terms of prop bets from this, what, where would you lean? 
Well, let me let me tell you where where I'm thinking at least with the with the spread on this one because sure, I sure. I do like the Eagles. Um, I if if it get if it gets to three, I see one book has them at three. I I don't mind that play. Um, beginning of the week, I teased the two primetime underdogs, so I took Minnesota plus two. It's now two and a half. Some mm-hmm. books uh, moved it up to plus eight and did the same thing with the Eagles. Moved them from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Um, cause Hey, I just don't, I don't trust Denver, even though I know that that's, that's going to be a sharp right. play this week. Um, and this Kansas city chiefs team isn't going to be, they're not going to blow out the Eagles. It's just, I, it, whatever situation were to occur, unless the Eagles say we're not giving them anything right. and we'll let them win this one and boost out their, their chest that when we play them in the Super Bowl, we'll beat them. It's the, you know, the Verderam response. Um, I, one, you know what, you know what, one I I like for this week that my buddy Adam Rosenberg talked about on on the last episode of Benny and the Bets. What? Um, think about the Eagles' issues in their secondary this year, where they've they've had some issues stopping the deep ball. Um, longest reception, Marquez Valdez Scantling, right now half. His receiving yards prop is seventeen and a half or eighteen and a half. The longest <laughs> reception, like that's. That's all he does. Like that's on, on the, if, if he's updating his LinkedIn profile, it's like guy who either catches or drops long passes. <laughs> I'll have two that, catches that a game and they'll all, one of them will be on like a 30 yard pass downfield. That's, that's all his role is. Yeah. Like what, what will inevitably happen when you bet on, on Marcus Valdez Scanling, And I've done this you know, a handful of times throughout the year is he'll either smash it like in the first quarter and then your bet hits and you feel good about yourself yeah. or He'll drop one that should have cashed your bet and then doesn't get another target or opportunity or reception the rest of the game. And then you're just left muttering things under your breath and then you turn (laughs) into a crazy person. So if you want to walk down that road with me, I highly invite you to, to be a part of the shenanigans, but that is, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not against it. So let me go player. That's total receptions. If I can find longest reception on here, I would gladly. I'll, it'll it'll come up here eventually, but I will. Yeah. Best best odds. Best odds. I'm Is the uh, is the pump fake sponsored by anybody? Any sports book? We are not. We are not. Okay. Um. Best odds I'm seeing right now is 13 and a half minus 105 at, at BetMGM, and I think I think it moved from 12 and a half where it was last night. So one more yard, but again, I, <laughs> This is somebody who is projected to get 18 yards total. So that's just hilarious. Yeah, Absolutely I like hilarious. that. Line. Even if if you wanted to go like all receiving yards for Marquez Valdez Scantling and go 25 plus receiving yards, it's at plus 140 right now. So if he had, if he does have that one deep catch of you know 35 yards, that smashes that. I would, I'm tempted to go just Valdez Scantling 40 plus receiving yards at plus 280. Yeah. Or you take him for, um, let's see, what does he get for an anytime touchdown? He's, he's plus 550 for an anytime touchdown. Do you want to put a little pizza money on uh, first touchdown of the game? Yeah, I'm, I might just throw like a five or 10 on that and see if I can make it. Plus 2,800 for first touchdown of the game. Oh, don't tempt me. Oh, it's, well, you know what's going to happen is he's going to he's going to drop it and he's going to drop it and then they're going to throw it to Rasheed Rice in the end zone who will catch it and then all my dreams and hopes will go down the drain. Yeah. Can we it, if that happens? If that happens, can we can we bring that clip back? 
Yes, I will. I will make sure. What is this? Twenty three forty. I will make sure I write well, that down, and we'll. Our cold prediction for for all to to know is that Marcus Valdez Scantling will drop the opportunity for first anytime touchdown. Our plus twenty eight hundred bet will lose, and Rasheed Rice will catch the first <laughs> touchdown of the game for the Chiefs. There, heard so, it first. We should we make that a tradition throughout the rest of the year? Like, we'll around. we'll come up with we'll come up with some sort of bet that each of us like do together and see if it hits. What. What are those called in the, the like the social media like the collab bets? No, um, the the chase bet. Like if you if you chase this parlay or whatever the hell people do, like they'll post like pictures of their. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. it's normally like you, you know these everyone gets together and it's like oh we got a we got a collab bet that can't lose the lock of the century. Like no, we're giving you Marcus Valdez Scantling to score the first. Touchdown. Yeah, no, we, this is There's the complete opposite. This is the complete opposite of like a lock of the week. This is a cross <laughs> our fingers of the week that we look like geniuses. This is like uh, trying to. This is like when you're, you know, you you locked your keys out of your car and you're trying to like use a credit card to like move the lock. <laughs> like that that that's what this lock is. Yeah, I'll, we have to think of a fun name for it. We can just call it the cross your fingers bet of the week. That's what I'll promote it as on, on social media. That Mark has about scaling first touchdown score. You heard it here first. That is our cross our fingers bet of the week at the bump bake. Um, you met, you brought up uh, Denver and Minnesota. Cause I agree with you on teasing Minnesota up. I think Denver wins though. Where, where are you leaning in terms of overall winner in this game? Because if you just wanted to bet money line, there's still value in that with Denver at minus minus one thirty eight and Minnesota at plus one eighteen. Yeah. Um, one book has, has Denver still at a decent price money line at, at minus 130. Oh, wow. So I, I, I don't hate it. Broncos. I, I guess my, my thought on this is if the Bills don't have 12 guys on the field, yeah, are we still talking about Denver in the same light as we are now? Yeah. I mean, their, their play has been substantially better defensively. Absolutely. I think the the status they've been a, a top ten DVOA defense since what week six? Jeez, yeah, because you look at the points that they've allowed ever since that whole debacle against Miami. Like they only allowed what was it like nineteen or something to the to the Chiefs. They had a few teams in single digit. Like they've been playing the defense has been night and day better. Right, and and even like one of their wins this year they shouldn't have had. The Bears were up what twenty eight to seven on them. Yeah, and then came back and back in that game. Yeah, yep. So they they look better. And I know that like really smart professional betters are on Denver this week. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, I, I think the the rationale behind fading the Vikings is actually kind of similar to how people talked about fading the Vikings last year. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Do you remember the game? It was maybe right around this time last year where the the Lions were playing the Vikings in Detroit. And the Lions had a shit record, and the Vikings were one of the best records in the NFC, and the Lions were favored. And everyone's like, what the hell is going on here? Right. Why in the world are the Lions favored over the Vikings? And it was basically everybody telling you that this Vikings team is incredibly flawed. They've been very lucky. Um, they've had a lot of variants go their way. They are due, and Detroit is not a good matchup for them. Yeah. This matchup on the road, Sunday night in Denver with the Broncos playing well, is probably not a great matchup for him. They've also had two instances of Josh Dobbs saving them in a situation that nobody ever like continues on. Like what he's done is remarkable, but at some point does this start to come crashing down? That's like, the thing for point, me. Variance is going to change. I, 
I, I think it's maybe it does. Like I like I'm with you. I, I like Denver, but do I like Denver at, as an eight and a half point favorite if I tease him? No. Like I, I I think this game stays a little bit closer. And then even if it's not, the Vikings are more than capable of backdooring it at the end. That's the thing that I'm kind of leaning into is okay, when is this glass slipper gonna break for Josh Dobbs? Because like it's a great story, man, and everything like that. And I'm absolutely love Josh Dobbs as a Steelers guy. You know who you know, and looking at the quarterback situation right now, and wishing, oh man, if Josh Jobs is still a Steeler, things might be looking a little bit more up. But yeah, at the same time, we know what Josh Jobs is. We, you know, he's a fun story, but look at his numbers. You know, this season they're not great. Like he's a fine, you know, lower end starter, bridge quarterback. He's not gonna. I don't think we're seeing a Geno Smith type thing with 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 Josh Jobs. And I think that eventually that you know this magic carpet ride is eventually going to end. The clock's eventually going to hit midnight. Not that he's going to be like God awful, but it's not like the Vikings are going to win out. And uh, you brought up, you brought up the the Broncos defense, their last four games in terms of points allowed 19, 17, nine, 22. So much better in the last month than it was in the first half of the year. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating aspect though. Like I, and here's the other thing too. I, I almost kind of prefer betting on the Broncos on the road. Mm-hmm. I feel like for whatever reason, there's less of an opportunity for their fans to boo them. And then <laughs> Russ is already fairly sensitive, um, can just play a little bit better. If they get off to a slow start, like they're going to get booed. Yeah. And you have the defiance of Sean Payton with the whatever. I don't even know how to describe Russell Wilson. But like if Minnesota starts to feel themselves a little bit, like they're they're not going to go away. And there's... There's plenty of dudes still on that team, even without Jefferson. Um, Daniel Hunter is an amazing year. Like Russ is getting the ball out quick, but yeah. if he starts hanging on a little bit too long, Hunter's coming for him. And yeah, I, I just think this game ends up being a little bit closer to the point where I feel like there's still value on the Vikings if you use them in a teaser. But I, I do think Denver probably wins the game. Are there any other uh, spreads that you like? Any other prop bets that we haven't touched on that you feel like we should before we go? Let's take a look at the old betting card because I, I haven't put in a ton yet for this week besides what we've already discussed. Um, we talked about Pittsburgh and Cleveland a little bit. I'm on the Steelers plus one and a half. Um, I know if I want to take a money line, I might actually use them uh, and take them as a as a favorite and use the alternate spread instead as a, a possible play here. Um, Carolina at ten and a half as a dog against Dallas is also interesting to me. Carolina is uh, the Dallas, worst team in the league when it comes to covering the spread this year. That is yeah. one thing to note. Yeah. And that, that, that hook on 10, uh, the Cowboys are just a different team on the road. Yeah. Um, I don't trust them. I trust them a lot more to cover big spreads at home. I, I don't trust them on the road very much at all. Um, like I, I, I'm just looking at dogs this week in, in a, what I feel is a fairly advantageous spot. Um, I think the giants at, Plus nine and a half feels like a lot for a divisional game against another bad team in Washington. Uh, hey, Sam, Hall- ha- Sam House slander will not be tolerated, good sir. It's not. It's not. It's not slander. <laughs> like I like Howell a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know, like Saquon Barkley could could just have a massive day. I I could see this being a day where he has like thirty carries for two twelve and three touchdowns or something berserk yeah. like that. For sure, like his his line right now, um. Let's see. Saquon Barkley for rushing yards, 
70 and a half. That feels high. low. Um, receiving yards feels way too low. What's his receiving I, yards at? I'm seeing Barkley right now on average at 17 and a half. Oh, that feels like an easy, easy hit. Yeah. Um, that's that's probably gonna be a play for me. There you go. That's how they're gonna use Barkley, especially, especially as a big dog. Like you're gonna use him in the passing game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that that one is a bit surprising to me. Um mentioned we talked about Miami. I don't love them in that spot. We talked about Arizona. Bears at plus seven and a half. I'm staying away only because that line has moved a ton towards Chicago. I don't think the value yeah. is there anymore. Um, I, I just think it's going to be a good week for underdogs in covering. Like if I, if I'm going to give you a bold prediction right now, I, I will say underdogs against the spread this week. Go, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, there's 12 games on the schedule this week um, so, for yeah. Sunday and then Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 13. Um, I'll say dogs go eight and five against the oh, spread nice. this week. That's yeah, quite the prediction. I think it's a good week for them. Nine and four, even 10 and three wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. I'm going to take Sam Laporta over four and a half catches just because he's become that de facto second receiver in the offense. Um, and we've seen the last two seasons, the Bears have played the Lions really well. Um, and it's been back and forth matchups. So they're going to have to pass the ball more than they originally would if it was, you know, a, a double digit score game and they can just give the ball to Gibbs and Montgomery. So I feel like golf will be throwing a little bit more, which means Laporta will be getting more targets. Um, so I'm going to take him over four and a half catches against the bears. I think that's one of my, my big props of the week in terms of yeah. the ones I like. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, Justin Fields probably scores a touchdown in that game. Yeah. Yeah. That's a safe bet here. You know what? Okay. You know, plus, let's plus two forty for an anytime touchdown. I think that's, I think it's a value line there for the amount that he's re- probably going to have to run for his life. Let's have a, f- a fun, just, you know, we talk about our, our, our cross our fingers bet. Let's talk, let's do just a long shot ass parlay centered around Marquez Valdez Scantling real quick before okay. we go. So where, where, the, what, uh, what book are we doing this on? So I'm on FanDuel right now. Okay. And if we do the alt reception yards for 40 plus yards, assuming he has a big catch downfield, and we also do first touchdown score with that. <laughs> Let's see. Let's just see what happens. If I can find first touchdown score. Where, 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 where? First touchdown score. Now we're just BS. By the way, for, for anybody that's that's uh you know taking this bet, like use use a free bet. Yes, yes. <laughs> don't don't bet your don't, don't bet your mortgage on this. Don't, don't use your hard-earned money. Don't, so, don't come after us for, for this. So if you go uh, about a scantling 40 plus receiving yards and first touchdown scored, your odds are plus 33-24. So 10 to win about 330. Let's do it. There you go. There you go. I'm definitely doing the first touchdown thing, though. That's the one that we're locking in. I'll clip it. I'll tweet it out. But cross your fingers, bet of the week. Um, yeah. Although, although I would tell you, shop around for that one. Sure. Sure. Um, the the sports book that you previously mentioned, I'm going to pull it right back up. I don't believe has the best available odds for that particular bet. They might for for some of the others. What's DraftKings um, looking at? Is that is that the one with the better value DK right now? is the one that I saw for first touchdown that had currently the best odds. Okay. Um, Vandal isn't that much far behind, but 28 to one uh, is the number I saw at DK last I checked for for MBS first touchdown. I think the one that Fandle has might be 23 to one. Okay. Yeah. So that's, 
That's that's substantial for for our same game. Sure, sure. Let me let me double check that though because I don't want to lead anybody astray when it comes to Marquez Valdez Scantling props. By the way, if yeah, you're you, if, you know like people are going to be honest. 26 to 1 on FanDuel. So yeah, a little bit more value on DraftKings when it comes to this degenerate prop of the week. Um I appreciate you as always, buddy. Um we'll we'll I'll talk to you probably next week when we do this again. And uh, if there's anything else that you would like to plug before we go in terms of what you're doing on betting the bets, please feel free. You're, you're awfully kind. Um, like, as I mentioned, I mentioned one of the stats and the reason we're talking about this MVS bet is because of our previous guest on betting the bets, Adam Rosenberg. Um, really, really sharp guy in the industry. Uh, you see him all over FTN. You see him on VSIN, a few other spots along the way as well. Um, just one of those guys that's just, he knows everybody and he's the super, like he's a sweetheart of a dude. So you like him and he's smart. So all the more reason it was just, it's kind of similar to this show, man. It was just two people catching up, trying to find some value in the, in the, in the lines. And then also we, we went through some noteworthy trends on this year and tried to determine whether or not there's actually value to be had in the second half of the season. So a, a wide ranging show um for for this week and then stay tuned for some thanksgiving bets coming up uh next week on the show thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube